tonight here at Ground Zero Ministries, we're going to work on pride. And uh, through the years, you know, as I've worked through some of my own, I would love to say all of my own, but that's not realistic. And as I've worked with some of you and had to have the lovely, fortunate opportunity to watch you guys in your pride, the Lord has given me a, a little saying. Pride is a funny thing. You know, and some of you have heard me say that or see me post that. And sometimes you see me post that. Hey, what's up? You know, but because I've literally watched people, and I've done this myself, so I'm not free of it, is that I know that what I'm about to do is a bad idea. People around me are telling me it's a bad idea, and I will do it anyway because I'm going to show you that I can do it my way. And I've watched people completely destroy themselves, throw everything away that they've been working on just to try to be right. And it, it never worked. You know, pride always comes and there will always be a fall attached to it. Sometimes it'll be quick, sometimes it'll be short, but eventually where we end up is not flat on our face. And we have this new opportunity to surrender. A long time ago, you know, there was a saying that I can exalt myself and God will humble me. Or I can humble myself and one day God will exalt me. And, uh, you know, I know for me that God will not ever share his glory with any man. However, I do believe that there's time that God will raise you up in position when the time is right and any time that you know we try to grab for something that it isn't the right time we always find ourselves falling flat on our face once again you know and humility is a tricky thing the second we think we have it it slips through our fingers again you know a long time ago i learned that patience and humility are lessons that i have to relearn every day you know, every time I think I'm patient, I get a new opportunity to wait. And every time I think I've got this humility thing down, I get a new opportunity to let go and surrender and trust God. Whee! But one of the major factors of pride is that I think I know better. You know, and Lucifer got kicked out of heaven because he wanted to be like God. And usually when I think I know better is that I'm trying to play God. You know, and we're all guilty of doing it our own way, thinking that we can circumvent the system. You know, and uh, sometimes we're even so arrogant that we try to tag a little Jesus name on the end of what we're trying to do just to make it all Christian. It's got to come true then get my will accomplished as long as I stay in Jesus' name. And usually comes a great call in spite of what I pray. And usually we get mad at God and we back up because I didn't get what I wanted and we're right back being two-year-olds that our bottle got taken from us and we're throwing little temper tantrums because 
I prayed and I should have got what I wanted. And God's up there like the whole object of prayer is to get what you want, but I should be the one that you want. That we think that stuff and people and employment and material things is the desire of our heart. What we truly need is more Jesus. You know, and I struggled with this stuff for a long time. You know, why did this happen? Why did I have to grow up poor? Why did my dad leave when I was two? Why did I have to get abused? Why did my mom date men that were abusive? Why wouldn't anybody ever listen to me? Why did I have to, to grow up hard? Why couldn't I have friends? Why couldn't, you know, things could be easier? Why couldn't I grow up like this kid or that kid? Why couldn't I have money? Why couldn't I have status? Why, you know, I, I said why a lot. You know, and, you know, I would get myself on a pity pump because I wasn't getting what I thought that I wanted. You know, and there's a saying that kind of comes from that is, you know, if only this would happen this way, or if only that could have happened that way, if only I was like that person, if only I had enough money, you know, if only if I didn't go out to the bar that night, I wouldn't have got arrested, you know, if only I would have stayed at that job, I could have been farther along, if only I didn't break up with that person, then I could be happy now, you know, and there's lots of times when we you know, are in this place of pride and it comes out in pity and it comes out questioning, you know, the way that our life is going. You know, and I did not understand why I could have had such a hard life. You know, and it led me to a place where I would have said I was an atheist. You really kind of peel that back. It was that I was angry at God that my life was hard. And because I was angry at God, I denied his existence. You know, and denying his existence is truly one of the most private things that we can do. You know, and I hated myself. I hated the things that I was doing. I hated my life. I had no hope. And I didn't see that there was ever going to be a better outcome. Because I didn't believe in a God that was loving and kind and merciful and had grace for me. And he came in at right the right time. You know, and he began to reveal to me that in spite of myself, that his love was more powerful than anything that I could ever experience outside. You know, and I spent a lot of my life worrying about things. And worrying is a, an element of pride. I don't think God can handle this, so I have to figure out how to do it, because God is less than me, because my ways are better than his. And then, therefore, I try to figure it out. And I can. So then I try to figure it out. And I can. 
and I try to figure it out, and I can't. And anxiety begins to come, and I can't turn it off. And I begin to try to figure it out, and I can't. So I begin to get freaked out, and I can't stop it. And what I'm really doing is making my situation bigger than God, and that I can do better than God. I can figure this out because God's ways don't work. And what ends up happening is I drive myself completely insane. And then I surrender to God. It's usually a manipulative tactic that I'm just trying to get him to do what I want him to do. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to do it your way. And the second thing starts to get better. But okay, now I'm done. And we find ourselves spiraling out of control once again. I know none of you ever do that. But what has to take place is that we have to put ourselves in, in the proper position in this equation is that I'm creation and he's creator. I am a son. He is the father. He is my Lord and I am his servant. You know, there's definitely different ways that you can translate this for different situations that we're in, but it's always magnifying and exalting him and putting ourselves in proper position before him and saying, your way, not mine. The more that we focus on God, no matter what we're going through, we're going to find a peace that goes beyond all understanding. And we begin to realize that I don't have to figure out why. I don't have to think that if it was only this way. You know, and I wasted a lot of time daydreaming in serious depression, just spending time trying to go back in time, trying to figure out where I went wrong, hoping that somehow I could come up with a magical puzzle piece that I could put in place and snap myself out of this craziness called life. And I would wake up out of my daydream wishing that my life was different and not really wanting to put any effort into it and not believing that God was there, not believing that God could help, not believing God could love me, not trusting that he could have a purpose and a plan for me. I didn't want to focus on him. I wanted to blame him. But when we humble ourselves before him and realize that God is sovereign, you know, God is in complete control yesterday, today, and forever. But he knitted us together in our mother's womb with a purpose and a plan that's attached to our lives. And so often we try to do our own way, way and our own will, and it comes up crazy and out of control. And then we blame God that we're not getting what we think we want. But when we humble ourselves before him and say, I'm ready to do it your way, he slowly starts to build us into the men or woman of God that we're to become. And we find ourselves getting attached to his will. And we find the very reason that we've been created in the first place. And there's this thing that begins to open up before us that seems incredibly impossible. And it is in our own strength. However, when we do it his way, anything is possible. But usually we try to escape. I'm a runner. 
most of us in here are runners. We've been running since we were little. Any time that there's opposition, trial, difficulty, <laughs> I could turn into a canyon real fast. <laughs> you know, I find myself in different states, different cities, different relationships, different jobs. You know, I have manipulated my situation so many times that I don't know up from down. And yet it's always somebody else's fault. You know, and as I try to escape, I find all these different things to get myself involved with to take the focus off of what's really going on inside. Getting involved in an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, none of us have ever done that. <clears throat> Sex will fix it. You know, we beginning to use drugs, alcohol, substance abuse, addiction, you know, food, TV, internet, porn, you know, the list goes on and on of the stuff that we've used to distract ourselves and to try to escape the way we're really feeling. You know, and the more we try to escape, it drains us. You know, that we run and run and run, and a lot of times we're running in our own mind. And it's emotionally and physically exhausting that some of you, as we've processed some of your junk and we spend an hour or two dealing with an area or three, dealing with a situation, dealing with an unhealthy relationship, looking at dysfunction, looking at, you know, an area of a shortcoming or a character defect, it literally takes everything out of us. You know, because we're we're working on, you know, breaking free from the dysfunction that we've called normal. You know, and the more we try to escape, you know, the pain, you know, it, it drains us of any energy that we have. And a lot of times when we try to face the pain, it's so emotionally exhausting that we, we don't want to do it. But it's funny how when we finally surrender those areas, it's like this burden gets lifted off. It's like we feel lighter. You know, and it, his word says his yoke is easy, his burdens are light. But how often when we take upon our own yoke and we try to, you know, yank ourselves around and, and try to do things our way, it's like we're dragging everything behind us. It's just so difficult. You know, and... His yoke is easy, his burden is light. A long time ago, you know, it kind of hit me that what if the light that it's talking about in this is not like light as a feather, but it's the light illumination. You know, because when the light that is Jesus comes into an area, our burdens go away. Anytime that it's in our mind and it's just me with my thoughts, it seems really heavy, doesn't it? And the second I speak it, even if it's in prayer, no one else is around, a lot of times I'm like, that's really dumb. That's foolish. That's stupid. And then we're like, put it back inside. Like, nope, that makes complete sense. 
And then we talk to another human being, and even before they say anything, we're like, that's dumb. I know I'm not the only one that's had these thoughts. But then when we actually talk to another human about what's going on between our ears, you know, and hopefully they're not like, that's really stupid. But sometimes they might. I may. I'm like, yeah, that's not good. But sometimes when you're talking to a, fo- uh, a fellow brother or sister and you're really talking about the craziness that goes on between your ears and we put it into the light and then light can get spoken back into our situations and we start to look at it from a different perspective. We're like, I didn't see it that way. I couldn't see it that way. You know, because I was blinded by my emotions, blinded by my thinking the enemy's whispering in my ears. He's telling me lies, and I'm believing them. And then we speak light. You know, light begins to take place. We use the Bible. We illuminate some things. We use scripture. All of a sudden, the darkness begins to flee. The heaviness begins to lift. The burdens go away. And we can see the path set before us way more clearly. So it's so important that we bring light into our situations. Anytime that we're isolated, anytime that we're in our own minds for any period of time, don't we get crazy? You know, and then it's like, okay, I need to talk to somebody. But then our pride gets in the way. And what? I don't want to bother you, dog. Oh, yeah, it's much better. Wait until you destroy some stuff. And then, then let's figure it out then. That's way easier for me. Way easier. Let's do it that way every time. That we're making a lot of progress when you destroy stuff and then we kind of have to redo it. Like, just call me Father Tom and you can confess to me and I'll give you some Hail Marys to do and you can go screw up some more stuff and then next time we'll have you do some mothers and graces and bead rubbing and we'll be like, Amen. It's way easier if you're like, Tom, I'm thinking about doing this. Be like, um, yeah, that's not great. Or, hey, Tom, I'm thinking about doing this. Be like, yeah, man, that's good. Let's let's pray about that. Or, hey, Tom, I'm thinking, did you pray? No. Go do that first. <laughs> you know, in our grand schemes, are we talking to Jesus? You know, and every one of you hear me say, have you prayed about it? You know, you, you should pray about it. What should I do? Pray about it. No, tell me what to do. I am. Pray about it. Well, no, no. What should I do? Pray about it. Prayer is the greatest thing that we can do to humble ourselves before God and really get our pride put in its proper position and submitted and broken before Him, saying, God, I can't do this without you. You know, and usually when we try to do it our own way, bitterness comes. Because our own way never works. It never works. Why can't I get it to do it my way? Why not? You know, and sometimes we know our way is not going to work, and that's why we don't talk to people. Because they're going to talk us out of it. And I don't want you to talk me out of it. I want to do what I want to do. And that should be a red flag that says, pride, don't do it. Talk to someone. Stop now. There should be red flags going off. That anytime I'm trying to hide something, it's not Jesus. 
any relationship that I start in darkness, that's in deception, that's hidden, can never be God because God is light. You know, and we all have to learn these types of things because we want what we want. It's built into our nature that my will thinks that this is a good idea. You know, and the more I try to, to do my will, I can get bitter. I can have resentments. I can blame. You know, I get blamed for a lot of things. You know, I've been given a title that I'm the, the killer of love. And there's been a lot of times that I've been cursed at. And there's some times that I get thanked. Some of you in here could have already been in a wonderful relationship that it would have led you into some great opportunities to destroy yourselves. <laughs> and probably wouldn't be sitting here now. You know, there's opportunities for you to, to say, you know what, I think I need to listen at this moment in time because my thinking is great. You know, and even if you give it a week or a month, six months, a year, you look back at it and you're like, wow, thank you, Jesus, that I didn't get what I wanted. Thank you, Tom, for telling me the truth when I didn't want to hear it. You know, I'm grateful that there was men and women of God that told me truth when I didn't want to hear it. And my first response is I'll get angry if you tell me what I don't want to hear. But when I talk to Jesus, he has a funny way of telling me that the other person is right, which then makes me angry at him. And I have a choice. Either I'm going to, you know, I'm going to prove them all wrong, including you, God. Or I can be like, oh, damn it. okay, Jesus, I'm going to let go of this. Trust me. You know, and when we do that, it sets us free. Freedom begins to come in ways that we never realize when we humble ourselves before God and we humble ourselves before man. There, most of us have rebellion issues that go back to our childhood because our parents reject us. Now, there might be one or two in here that had pretty decent parents, but most of us in here have had some really amazing parents. And it led to some really crazy times as a kid. We learned some really dysfunctional things before we were ever teens. And then you add hormones and a sex drive and the opportunity to use drugs and alcohol. We make some really great choices in those years. You know, and some of us, you know, didn't do too bad in that season of our lives. Most of us created quite the show. <clears throat> but when I release my will to Jesus, it sets me free of having to figure it all out. You know, Psalms 46.10 is be still and know that he is God. And we throw that around sometimes, but if you really kind of meditate on that, I encourage you to think about it. You know, I'm going to give you a little bit of my meditation on it is that I can be still because God is sovereign and he's in control and he's going to take care of the things that's set before me that I'm worrying about. 
But if I don't believe in a God that's going to take care of those things, then I can't be still. I always have to figure it out. I always have to be busy. I always have to, to be getting my hands in the mix. I always got to be working. I always got to manipulate my situation. I always got to come up with a plan. Or I can learn to be still because I humble myself before him and realize that he's sovereign, that his will will manifest in my life if I trust him. Now, that doesn't mean I can't do anything. However, I probably shouldn't do my first impulse, my first reaction, my first thought. Usually isn't the best one. Because my first thought is smash it, and then we'll figure it out later. And I've had to work really hard at my anger and let my emotions fizzle out of the situation so I can hear God. And when my pride is in place, I can't turn my anger off. And I'm going to force it my way because I'm going to get what I want. And usually creates more problems and that makes me angrier. And here we go. We're on a, you know, we're on a roller coaster. We're going to, we're going to figure this out. But when we humble ourselves before him and saying, I don't understand this right now. You know, and many of you have heard, you know, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. You know, and it's still, I still use it. Anytime I start to see my brain start to go, the first thing that I'm doing is like, okay, you're grabbing onto something that is taking you out of bounds. You know, and what what's the symptoms of that? I can't sleep. I'm anxious. I'm bitter. I'm angry. I'm fearful. You know, I'm gonna. I want. I'll do. You know, these are the things that are popping around in my head. These are the thought processes. And what has to happen is I have to say, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Oh, my God, I don't want to let go right now. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. You know, and there's many a night that it's almost like counting sheep that I just say, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. Because I can't get that thought out of my head. It just won't stop. Just bombarding. Boom, boom. Waves against the shore. Crash, crash, crash. And I'll sit there for hours grinding in my mind. Can't fall asleep. Get angry, pissed, you know, tossing and turning. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is like, hey, you going to trust me? Shut up. I'm trying to figure this out. Oh, wait. Yes, I trust you. But I don't. But I want to, sort of, if you do what I want. Can I? Maybe? Sort of? Are we going to make a plan here? Are you going to give me what I want? No? Like, I have to trust you. Because I want what I want. I'm a two-year-old in a grown man body. I'm a little child with adult privileges. Somewhere along the line, somebody said that you can drive a car. Somebody along the line said you can vote. Somebody along the line said you can drink alcohol and, and, you know, smoke cigarettes. Somewhere along the line, they said you're old enough to do X, Y, Z. But technically, I'm a little kid on the inside. And the more I humble myself before God, that he raises up this man in me 
that begins to make wiser decisions because I have godly character. You know, the decisions that we make today are significantly better the majority of the time than they used to be. But there's still areas in our lives that we need to humble ourselves and say, God, I'm ready to do it your way. And we might take it right back again, you know, and go around the mountain one more time. And Nope, I'm ready to do it your way. And nope, I'm doing it my way. And we play this game with God thinking that because it's scary sometimes when we humble ourselves and trust him. But we have to admit, we really have to admit to ourselves <clears throat> that when I get what I want, do I ever feel satisfied? Anytime that I'm accomplishing my will, do I ever have peace? Normally, no. I never feel satisfied. I never have peace. I always want more. I always got to do another thing. But there's something about just surrendering it. Nothing has changed. And all of a sudden, peace begins to come. All of a sudden, I'm talking to Jesus a little more. That Holy Spirit begins to rise up around me and in me. All of a sudden, my thoughts begin to clear. And all of a sudden, nothing could be different except for I'm now different. And I have this satisfaction that's going on inside my heart and in my mind that says, all right, Jesus, we're going to do this. you got to show me what to do. You know, but the more we try to force it, the more we let our pride make decisions, don't we feel empty and dead inside? We get frustrated and we keep, you know, pushing against something that's not going to move. You know, a lot of times we're pushing against God, and God's like, um, we've chatted about this a few times. And I said no. And he won't let us get what we want. And eventually we surrender and we thank him. But in the moment, we're really frustrated because we want what we want. But when we empty ourselves before him, the emptiness in us begins to get filled. You know what? And the word tells us that he has a purpose for us and it's going to bring fulfillment. That we have to let him fill that emptiness inside of us. You know, and some of you have heard this before, but when I first got around here and was trying to figure this craziness out, and most of the music I listened to had nothing. Had, you know, all of the music I listened to had nothing to do with Jesus. And, you know, people are telling me, hey, check out this band or check out that band. And somebody mentioned Jason Upton. And uh, I got a couple of his CDs. One of them was like, this is insane. I can't believe that. And then another one, it was like, had a flow to it. <clears throat> and I decided that I'm going to be spiritual before I go to bed every night. And I would put that CD in, and I would lay on the couch, and I would just listen to it. And peace would begin to come. And I struggled with unforgiveness. I couldn't forgive myself. I couldn't forgive other people because I had to prove to God that I was forgivable. You know, and part of it is I was so prideful I wouldn't forgive myself. You know, and the more that I would listen to this music, that there's a part in one of the songs that says, let it go, just let it go, just let it go, let the pain go, just let it go, let it go. 
and you've been fighting a long time. It's time to let it go. And I had this great thought one night that I should just let it go. And I remember saying, God, you can take it. And it was like this peace began to come because I finally let go of the very thing that I didn't know how to let go of. And, and part of it was a declaration saying, God, you can take it. You know, and that's a moment in my testimony that things begin to shift because I let him forgive me. Now, everybody told me he'd forgive me this, the second I asked him to, but that doesn't mean that I let him in my mind because my pride was in the way that I had to prove this time I was going to be different. And what really needed to happen is truly accepting that his grace is sufficient, that his blood wipes away my sin. But some of us can accept that God can forgive us. And some of us really struggle with forgiving ourselves. And some of us can forgive ourselves, but we don't let God forgive us. You know, it's, the pride can come in different ways. But there's something about my pride that gets in the way of forgiveness. And my pride's trying to fill me up. I boast. I'm filling myself up because I want what I want and I know best that I can't humble myself and let go and let him fill me and fill that emptiness from the inside. Some of us have some serious brokenness still today. And what it needs is Jesus. Well, I've prayed a prayer, Tom. Well, that's great. But did you do what he wanted you to do? Well, no. Sometimes they're connected, right? That prayer is not getting what I want when I want it. Prayer is getting to know him. So if I'm praying to know him and praying for his will to be accomplished in my life, and he's saying, let go of this, and he's saying, forgive this, or he's saying, receive this, and I'm like, no, that I'm just praying a lot of prayers, but I'm not really getting anywhere because I'm not letting him in to my broken areas because it's supposed to happen this way or it's supposed to happen that way. And every one of us has fought with God with this, that we pray and we want it a certain way. And God's over here trying to do something, and we resist it because it's not happening the way we think it should. And eventually we get tired and be like, oh, all right. And then we finally do it his way, and everything starts falling together. I'm like, why has this got to be so hard? It's because we're trying to get our own will accomplished in Jesus' name. And sometimes we don't see how A and B are connected because. They're not in a straight line. And every once in a while, we're like, I'm on my way to Jesus. I'm trying to do his will. And he's like, go this way. And we're like, no, 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 I'm going that way. And he's like, no, we got to go this way now. We're like, no, 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 it's right over there. I can see it. And he's like, yeah, we got to go this way. And we fight him because we keep trying to go this way. And he's like, if you don't take it left, you're never making it. You know, and we've all had to, to come to that place where we finally say, all right, I had enough, and we do it his way, and all of a sudden things start falling together. And if you're as prideful as me, I get angry when he's right. I'm like, damn it. I want to go more. 
as much as my brain tells me, Tom, your way is not good, I still want my way. But in reality, I don't. I'm grateful for a God that doesn't let me get my way, especially when it's going to destroy me. You know, and what we really need to realize is that my pride separates me from God. Even when I'm trying to get close to Him, even if I'm trying to read my word, even if I'm praying to Him, if my pride is the very thing that I'm resting on, that I can't make this connection with Him. I can be trying, but yet it feels like there's this giant void. You know what? And a lot of times, he's just waiting for us to get tired. You know, I believe that God can break through any one of our situations and just, boom, make us do certain things. But I also believe in a loving God that wants us to learn to love him back. He doesn't want robots. And I think that that's where free will is like crazy and amazing at the same time. Because anytime any of us have been in a relationship where we're trying to force the other person to love us or the other person is trying to force us to love them, it's extremely toxic. And it drains us extremely. And it never ends up working. But anytime that love is freely given, it makes us feel really amazing on the inside. And anytime that we've given our love freely, even if it's not completely received very well, we feel correct that we have a peace about us because I'm, I'm attempting to be as godly as I can. You know, there's something about love done God's way that is amazingly rewarding. And there's also times that love done God's way feels that it's not received. However, there's something in us that grows a little bit more like Jesus. Because how often was his love not received? You know, and that when we learn to love like he loves, that we are no longer separated from him. Because it, we're starting to get it. Maybe we can't wrap our mind around it, but in the Spirit's kind of leading us in this direction. And we're pliable enough and we're humble enough to just go with it rather than trying to intellectually figure it out. And all of a sudden things start falling into place. And we're like, I don't understand this. How many times have we had that thought? Is I don't understand why this has happened. It's because we're just letting him take us. And it's because we've humbled ourselves enough to let him love us and we're learning how to love him back and we realize that he's got us and we kind of flow with it for a while and then all of a sudden our mind kicks back in and we're like, I got to figure this out. I was doing really good there for a minute. What happened? You know, and we have to realize that we'll mess up. Our pride's going to get in the way. We're going to make mistakes. But nothing can separate us from his love. You know, and that is a very powerful statement. Because our whole lives, the things that we did separated us from people. 
our whole lives, the things that we did separated us from learning how to love ourselves. And when we really begin to receive what Christ has done for us, we allow him to love us. And we learn how to love him back. And we learn how to love ourselves again, or maybe even for the first time. That there's this peace that comes beyond all understanding. There's this calmness that begins to, to rest in our mind. There's this fullness that's starting to take place in our heart. That we, we know that he's with us. And that it's extremely important to realize that nothing can separate us from his love. You know, and that what Romans 38 and 39 says that that there's nothing that separates us from his love that's demonstrated by the Lord Jesus Christ as he died for us. You know, he laid his life down so that we could have communion with the Father. And through the years, you know, as I've had to figure out my own craziness, that usually in a very prideful person, you'll also find a very insecure person. You know, and, and I've called it the pride and insecurity pendulum because one minute we're over here extremely prideful and like within seconds we could be over here completely insecure. And the easiest way to see that is that when we get a job or we've been working somewhere, we're the greatest employee that that company has ever had. And if the bosses weren't so stupid, they would listen to us and this company could probably be run pretty well. And then someone's like, hey, Tom, can I talk to you? I'm getting tired. Right? Am I the only one that goes from this craziness? I'm like, I am the greatest employee. I'm getting canned. You know, and it can happen in seconds. And then we go into the office. Hey, man, you're doing a great job. I knew I was the greatest employee. And somebody was like, hey, Tom, can I talk to you? I'm getting fired. And what happens, what has to happen is I have to humble myself. And saying, God, I am the man that you've created me to be. And the gifts and the talents and my abilities that I do have were never mine. They were given to me by you. You know, so if we're talented in some area, that's a God-given gift. And if we've worked hard to learn something or, or tailor a craft, that God has given us that ability to do that. Because there's other areas that we just can't do and we're not good at it but yeah other people are and God's worked in them how to do those things you know and our insecurity begins to disappear when we find security in him that I don't have to figure it all out that I don't have to to be Tom in fullness of his image I need to be Tom who Christ has created me to be and learning how to have my identity in Christ. And that I can humble myself before him because I don't have to figure it all out. And I am the man that he's created to me to be with my failures and my strengths. And I have to keep laying my strengths at his feet and saying, God, help me to do this better. And I have to keep laying my gifts at his feet and saying, thank you for that ability to do that. And all of a sudden... This humility begins to rise up in us. And at any second, we can take our pride back. In any second, we can take our insecurity back. 
But the more we lay ourselves at his feet and say, I am the man or the woman that you've created me to be, good, bad, and ugly, and everything in between, help me to change the things that need to be changed and help me to get stronger in the areas that you've given me gifts at. Help me to use my giftings for your purposes. You know, all of a sudden, the pride begins to dwindle. The insecurity begins to dissipate. And all of a sudden, this humility and this confidence begins to come up because we know that we're in Christ and we're exactly where we're supposed to be because He loves us and He's in control. But what has to really take place for each and every one of us is that we have to get ready and we have to stop denying the pain that's really on the inside because it's the pride that covers the pain. Because we've used our pride to fight our way through a lot of difficult situations in our lives. But we don't have to fight the way we used to fight. Because we have a victorious warrior that's won that battle for us. And it's important that we stop denying the pain and saying, God, I don't like the way my situations are right now. I don't like the fact that this happened. I hate the fact that that happened. I'm hurting. I'm scared, and I don't know if I can trust you. What if we were to really get honest with what's going in our heart with Jesus and saying, I don't like this. Can you help me to change? Rather than just going through the motion and be like, yep, I got it all figured out. We have to let Jesus restore us. And we can't do that our way. If we could have done it our way, we would have done it a long time ago. We wouldn't be here now. We would never got saved because we would be doing great on our own. And, you know, sometimes we think we've gone far enough and we plateau. And we have to come back before him and say, I am so not completely in your image. And I need you to let I need to let you come into this area. I need to let you come into that area. I need to have have you help me get rid of this? I need you to help me to, to do that. And we have to let them in. But our pride says, I don't need them. And yet we pray to them. We say, God, I'm ready to do it your way. And then he says, hey, do this. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I don't need to do that. That's a little extreme, Jesus. We always deny and yet we ask him to help us. What would happen if we really just began to lay it down and say, I'm tired of myself. I want more of you. And we really emptied ourselves and really said, enough's enough. I'm tired of this. And he said it. For a man that tries to gain his own life, he'll lose it, right? And a man who lays down his life will gain the whole thing. I want more Jesus. I'm tired of Tom and his nonsense. But yet, I still do things that are nonsense. And I have to keep letting them in and keep teaching me and keep guiding me and keep breaking me and keep restoring me. I keep fighting with them. Jesus never gives up on you. You just bow your heads with us.
Lord, I just thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing, Lord. I pray that seeds are planted. Lord, pride is something that we'll always struggle with. However, I believe that we can break off pride and humble ourselves and begin to apply your word and begin to listen to you and be obedient to you and, and trust other people and submit to, to the leaders in our lives believe that you're guiding us to your will and in your ways and you're working things out in us so that we can become more like you and you're breaking things off in us so that we can find our identity wholly in you. Lord help us not to let pride get us to wander down the wrong path. Help us to, to trust you. Help us to trust the people around us that are loving on us and trying to help us. Thank you so much.